Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. Intercepted by Darius Slade. That's right, Hopkins. Oh my goodness. Did he catch that? That's the touchdown catch of the year. Antonio Brown goes up and gets it. Touchdown. Intercepted at the 35 yard line. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Press Coverage Podcast. I am your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And if you're not already following, me on Twitter. Follow me at Eric underscore Crocker. Also follow the Press Coverage Podcast Twitter account at Press Cub Podcast. Tons of content. I've been getting back into a groove. Um, tons of clips, gifts. I got. A, I did a full uh, matchup breakdown on Keenan Allen and Darius Slay, and we're gonna get into that. And Darius Slay actually liked it. He um he DM me and was like, "Hey man, great thread." Yeah, he basically said it was really tough to guard. Uh, Keenan Allen in the slot, which obviously I think we all know that, right? It's pretty tough. Um, and we're going to get to Keenan Allen in a little bit. But before we, you know, get to any of that, I kind of want to start with this whole Jalen Ramsey saga, right? It's it's full-blown. Everybody wants to know where is he going to go? Where is he going to get traded? Teams are wondering or fans are wondering, is the compensation worth it, all right? Is the compensation for you know, trading for an, an elite, talented player worth giving up, you know, draft picks. So uh, me being a 49er fan, uh, it's been a hot topic. Do you go after Jalen Ramsey? A lot of fans want to know. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the consensus, uh, uh, that what I'm hearing most from, from most fans is, Two draft picks is too much. Two first-round draft picks because that's what it sounds like the Jags are offering. They're offering two, or they want. They want two first-round picks. Now, I my counter to that is what's too much for an elite, talented player? And when I say elite, I, I mean, they're, they're not, there's not a lot of elite players. Well, Jalen Ramsey is arguably the best cornerback in the NFL, even if you don't think he's the best, you know, I think we, we can all agree that he's top three, right? So you have um, Jalen Ramsey, you have Patrick Peterson, who I, I still think plays at an elite level, but he is missing like, what, the first six to eight games uh, because of PEDs? Is that the reason why he's been good so, for so long? I don't know. But anyways, um, Patrick Peterson, Jalen Ramsey, and then third guy, Stephon Gilmore, who you were playing at a high level, man. When he was coming over from Buffalo, he went to the New England Patriots. They paid a premium for him. They paid a premium for Stephon Gilmore. And I think that the Patriots will tell you it was well worth the investment. Now, speaking of the Patriots, they've been a team that has been known to just give up draft capital 
for players that they think can help them right now, right? They're always in win-now mode. Um, Brandon Cooks was an example, right? Here, take this first-round pick, uh, um, you know, and who who who, do, who was Cooks originally on? Saints. Here, take this first-round pick, Saints. Um, we'll get Cooks. And with Cooks, they were able to go to the Super Bowl. Now, he got knocked out, but what, in the first quarter? Dancing around. And then they just got rid of him after that. And, okay, well, I'm without a first-round draft pick, but I'm pretty sure they, they didn't regret um, what he did for them. He was, what, 11, 1,200-yard receiver that year. So um, another example of, you know, giving up first-round draft picks, the Chicago Bears, they gave away multiple, multiple first-round picks to acquire Khalil Mack. Now, one thing that I hear all the time uh, from fan bases just on the radio is, is this team just one player away? And if not, you don't trade for it. Well, I, I, I'm assuming the Bears did not feel like they were one player away from being contenders when they went to trade for Khalil Mack, right? Um, they weren't winning the year before. As a matter of fact, the Bears were more willing to trade with the, I mean, the, the, the Raiders were more willing to trade with the Bears over some other teams because they thought that the draft pick would be higher. So the Bears were not uh, viewed as this one-player-away team. But while acquiring uh, Kilomac, <clears throat> excuse me, they became just that, right? I mean, they, they were one of the best teams in the NFC. Um, I, I think what's holding them back the most is their quarterback, Mr. Tr- Trubisky. I think he kind of... Um, Stunts that offense or what it could be. They have terrific weapons all around them from the receivers to the running backs to tight end. Um, but it's Trubisky, I think, that's kind of throwing everything off. But uh, uh, acquiring Khalil Mack just, I mean, it, it just made an already uh, uh, defensive line that was kind of trending upwards and they, they drafted some players, turned it into an elite group and really an elite defensive group under uh, Vic Fangio. Uh, just, I mean, Terrorizing quarterbacks, I, I think in in uh, Mac's first game was it against the Packers where he like forced you know forced a fumble, had an interception or something, and I mean knocked uh, Aaron Rodgers out of the game. Oh, a Rod eventually came back and you know made it made some big plays, but um, just overall, man, like just his impact that he's had on that defense. You watch him last game; he had what multiple sacks. Um, and this was who, who the Bears played the other night. It was the Bears against the Redskins. Uh, had like had a sack strip. Had you know multiple sacks. Just his impact on the game and what he does for that defense. I, I think he makes them dangerous because on any on any play, and we saw this while he was with the Raiders. On any play, he can change the game. A uh, sack strip. Uh, you know whatever the case is. So. Back to my main point. Is it too much to give up multiple picks for an elite, talented player? I bet you that the Bears would say no. They're, they were happy with giving up their two firsts and a third. Now, they did get a second back, but they gave up two firsts. They gave up a third and some other stuff, and they got a they got a, uh, they, they got a second-round pick back, which is kind of weird by the Raiders, but... You know, whatever. And they had to pay him. So, you know, like Ramsey, if you acquire him, you have to pay him as well. So, um, another team that traded a uh, first round draft pick for a player, they were three and five at the time. 
the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys were about three and five, or or, or two and five. It was something like they were doing. They weren't doing good at all. All of a sudden, they trade for uh, Amari Cooper, trade him to the Raiders, and boom, they they go on the run. He opens up things for their team, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later. Uh, um, who helps who more, wide receiver one or the running back? But Amari Cooper. Um, just opened up that entire offense, made it way more explosive, and the Cowboys went on the run and took that run all the way to the division, divisional round in the playoffs. So, um, again, I'm pretty sure most people probably didn't really look at the Cowboys as, oh, they're one player away from being contenders, but they traded for a guy, Amari Cooper, that they know they were going to have to pay, trade a first-round pick for him. Do you think the Cowboys missed that first-round pick from last year? Hell no, because what would they probably have gotten? another receiver and would that receiver have the same impact that Amari Cooper has had on on that team I doubt it right an elite talented player so and when it comes to Jalen Ramsey what does he do for a defense and is he worth the you know the two first round picks that they are asking for and I say hell yes he is worth it why one, I, I get it. They they want to make him out to be like this this diva and stuff like that, but he he's not. What he is is he he's kind of like Odell Beckham, right? Where they kind of wear their heart on their sleeve. So he he is an emotional player. He is an emotional player. Where you know if things aren't going well, you, you're probably gonna know. He's probably gonna tell you about it. But you know exactly how he feels all the time when he is on the field and the team is you know playing at a high level. I mean, that defense took the Jaguars with Blake Bortles at quarterback to the conference championship. And, and they were and, and and they were up 10 points in the fourth quarter with a chance to go to the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles. Like, where is Blake Bortles now? I, I think he's a backup on the Rams. So, uh, you know, that's just when you have a really good group, which – you know, I can't speak for every team, but I know the 49ers have a really good group on defense right now. They're cooking. Can you, can that group get even better? The answer is yes. Jalen Ramsey, what he does, and I put out a thread of Jalen Ramsey guarding DeAndre Hopkins, right? He, I, I think Ramsey feeds off of those big moments, those those big matchups when they have to when he has to guard and follow that 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 guy, right? So whether it's uh, whether it's Tyreek Hill, who I think it was Ramsey who knocked Tyreek Hill out the game, right? Slammed him on his shoulder. You're done. Get out of here. You're done for several weeks. Um, he played against, I put the threat out with Ramsey versus Hawkins. It did not matter where Hawkins lined up or what they did with Hawkins. They lined him up wide. They would line him up out wide, motion him down to a tight split. Typically when teams do that, they're trying to get that cornerback to play off to have to back up a little bit, right? Um, Ramsey didn't. He said, you know what? And, and, and really, what was really impressive about this play, and I, I have the thread out there, you'll see it. You'll see Hopkins motion down to a tight split. There was a guy in front of Hopkins, right? So they were kind of stacked behind each other. Ramsey said, no, I'm guarding you, Hopkins, no matter what. So the first guy released up the field. Hopkins rerouted him, helping his defender behind him, and then drove down on a quick out to uh, tackle DeAndre Hopkins short of the first down marker on on third and three, tackling him for a two yard gain. You know now the team gets off the field. Those are the impact plays that he makes on a consistent basis, man. I mean he ball skills are incredible. 
um, follows guys no matter where. Doesn't matter the size too, and that's and that's 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 a unique skill set. A lot of times, guys with that type of size, you don't see them be able to guard the Tyreek Hills of the world or the Brandon Cooks, right? Um, they're they're not twitchy enough, right? They don't have the the, the feet or the quickness or the the fluidity, but he possesses all that. And on top of that, he's just a dog. He when he goes to hit you, he's coming with bad intentions. Um, I just can't say enough good things about Ramsey. Does he have a little bit of that sassiness in him? He he, he does, but I think for a player that talented, I, I I can live with that. And how he fits in with the group, like you know, I keep saying the 49ers because that's the team I know the most. Yeah, you just make it work. You get the elite talented guy, you make it work. You have three guys that are playing at a high level: Sherman, Witherspoon, uh, and then the best cornerback in the league, Ramsey. You figure it out and you make it work and you move you move guys around, you do whatever you have to do, but it takes that team to the next level to where now the Niners uh, 49ers coming up have the the uh, the Cleveland Browns next uh, Monday night. So not the Monday night coming up, the following Monday night. Well Ramsey, you go follow Odell Beckham. Uh, the week after that the 49ers play the the LA Rams. Well Ramsey, you go follow Brandon Cooks, right? That's that's, he, he just makes your team so much better. So is he worth it? I hear a lot of it. The compensation. Whatever. What did the Raiders do with all the draft picks that they got? They got, uh, they got Jacobs, who is the starter running back. So I guess they, they got Jacobs with, with the pick that they, with the first round pick this year that they got from the Bears for Khalil Mack. They got Josh Jacobs, running back from Alabama. Is he making the type of impact that Will Mack is making on a consistent basis? And what he does for the Bears? I'd say no. Um, who, who is the other pick that they got from Amari Cooper? They got Daryl F4. That was their original pick. Gosh, I can't think of it. I, I'll look into it, but I can't even think about who it was. And look at what Amari Cooper is doing for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I, I mean, he they had a uh, – I watched the game against – the Dolphins, and they had Xavier Howard, who's supposed to be uh, one of the better cornerbacks in the league. Howard was following Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper cooked him. Two touchdowns. I don't know how many yards, but, I mean, just t- score, score. Like, catch, catch. You can't guard me. Like, I'm whooping you in the open field. Run after catch. Like, it, it didn't matter. So, you have a chance to go get an elite, talented player. You get it. And I think if you're looking at it this year, especially with the 49ers, if you give up, your first for Ramsey, you already give up your second for Ford. I think those are two players that contribute to your team right now and help you win. Now, I, I'll give an example of a couple other players, right, that were traded for um, draft picks and, and the team I was a part of. I was with the New York Jets in 2013, and they already had a pick. I believe they had the ninth overall pick or the 13th overall pick, one or the other, but they traded. They traded Darrell Revis for a first-round pick. And the pick that they got in return was either for the ninth or the 13th. I can't remember exactly which one, but they had two first-round picks. Those two first-round picks turned into D. Milliner, who was drafted number nine overall out of Alabama. And at 13, they drafted Sheldon Richardson. Now, Sheldon Richardson, I, I think most would say he panned out for them. He was defensive rookie of the year. Um, and that's pretty tough to, to to accomplish from a defensive tackle position. Um, but 
he never resigned with the team. He's been on several teams since. Um, D. Milliner hasn't even. I mean, he was cut three years later. So you're saying so at that time for an elite talented uh, guy, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers said, "Here, take my first round pick." The Jets said, "Gladly, we'll take it." Knowing and the Bucks knew that they had to pay Revis, which they paid him. They made him the highest paid def- defensive player probably in the entire league, and the Jets had two players that they no longer have. And that was only, what, five, six years ago? Um, and I think, what, after two years, after two and a half years, there was no more uh, D. Milliner. And then I'd say the year after that, they traded away Sean Richardson. So if you can trade for an elite, talented player that you feel like you can lock in and he can fit into your team and you're you're going trading upwards, you do it. The next thing I want to talk about um, – Surprising wide receivers, right? And, and these are three guys who I feel um, they're a little younger, and I think they're kind of what you want to see from your developing young receivers. All right, the first one I want to bring up, and I will admit I was hell wrong on this guy, Terry McLaurin, uh, the receiver out of Ohio State, um, 16 catches, 247 yards, three touchdowns. Now, when McLaurin was coming out, um, you know, he was the big name. You, well, he was the big name coming out of Ohio State along with Paris Campbell, who I think people viewed Paris Campbell a little bit higher. Um, but McLaurin, when I watched his Ohio State film, and this is sometimes the thing with with these uh, offenses, right? I, I, I mean, you know, college offenses, they're, they're really gimmicky. And you watch, it was really hard to evaluate both Ohio State rookie receivers because they didn't really do much. Like, they, they didn't do anything to really kind of show, like, the skill set that would translate to the NFL. So with um, Paris Campbell, it was a drag route or drag and then stop in the open area verse zone. With McLaurin, it was, okay, run a deep over. Um, and even then, I didn't think that he played at the speed of his 40-yard dash. Um, I didn't see that quick twitch. I, I didn't see the, you know, supreme route running. Um, but, again, they didn't ask him to do these things, so it's kind of hard to really just judge him on it. But just from an evaluation standpoint, I didn't see just, um, like, blazer, fast, round routes. So I have put out there on Twitter that this guy reminds me of A.J. Jenkins. And I think 49er fans would know uh, – They'll remember A.J. Jenkins. He was probably the worst draft pick in 49ers history. They drafted him in 2012, 2013. I think he had zero catches for the 49ers or maybe one, maybe one catch for the 49ers. Um, He was a first-round draft pick. He was a guy that was faster than quick, but you couldn't really see his speed on film. It wasn't anything... It wasn't like, wow, like, stop and start is incredible, explosive guy, like Odell Beckham or anything like that. It was nothing like that. Um, 49ers got rid of him the next year. He, he played one year with the 49ers with the first-round draft pick, and they got rid of him the next year. Uh, I viewed Terry McLaurin like that. Well, that, that was kind of how he reminded me of him. Now, that's not saying that there wasn't any upside with, with McLaurin or he couldn't be better than that guy, but that was just kind of what I saw. Um, I didn't see anything jump off the special. Now, he did go to uh, the Bowl, and I think anybody that was there at the Senior Bowl, they'll tell you that, hey, McLaurin did his thing. He looked good. He was running crisp routes, and I wish I could have seen that. I, I didn't see that. I wasn't at the Senior Bowl. So, um, 
my view on him didn't really change. Now, he went to the Redskins, and I was like, okay, I'm going to keep an eye on this kid and see how he does. And I was watching him this last week against the Bears, and, yeah, I, I was I was wrong. <laughs> he looked good. Um, ran good routes, caught the ball very well, caught the ball in traffic. He does have the speed. I've seen that versus several teams. I think he caught a bomb against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, he's been he's been extremely good, and I, I think any team that drafted him um, well, the team that did draft him is, is lucky to have have him. He looked like he's going to be a good receiver from here on out. And right now he's playing with Case Keenum. Um, I'm pretty sure he'll be benched soon, if not this week. And you'll see Dwayne Haskins, who was actually McLaurin's uh, quarterback in college at Ohio State. So you'll probably see his numbers even go up even more. The next player that I want to talk about, surprising receiver, and you know, all three of the guys I'm going to talk about right now are kind of younger, is DJ Shark, right? And Shark. DJ Chark, uh, receiver out of LSU, another guy who was kind of handcuffed a little bit by an offense. Now, I, I feel like, I don't know if you guys are watching LSU right now, but they might have the most explosive offense in college football. They've gone to more of an air raid type offense. Um, they're spreaded out. They have, they'll have two, three receivers, um, over 100 yards each game. I, I mean, it's just been incredible what they've been doing. Their quarterback looks like he's a damn first-round pick, top pick in the in college in the draft uh, upcoming now. I mean, like, the, just that whole outlook on LSU's offense has changed. But when DJ was there, it, that wasn't the case. They were a super run-heavy power offense, run on first down, run on second down, okay, fly sweep, maybe we'll – throw downfield every once in a while. Uh, so it was kind of hard to see Sharks' uh, uh, skill set. Well, he went to the Senior Bowl. I watched a lot of that. I watched him during the Senior Bowl practice. And I was like, you know what? There's something there with this guy, right? Now, the thing nowadays is there, there are, there's so much film study. There's so much breakdowns, and we nitpick every little thing about a lot of these guys. Right, these young guys, and I think I, I, I'm one that I, I I like to let it play out. I, I want to see a guy, um, it how is he going to be a year from now? Just can I see the skill set? The skill set there, and if that's there, then I'm willing to wait. And I think with Shark, there was hey, he has the skill set. Let's wait. Well, this year he started off very well in three games, 18 catches, 277 yards, three touchdowns, and most of that is with Gardner Minshew at quarterback who's, you know, their, their backup. Um, he was their backup behind Nick Foles. Nick Foles is out for a while, I think, with a collarbone. Yeah, it is some kind of injury, but he's out for a while. And Minshew is playing very well. And one guy he's been throwing the ball up to, DJ Sharp. And he looks like a potential legit wide receiver one. Um, very talented. I just kind of wanted to bring to light what this kid is doing. Um, he's playing for the Jaguars, who are kind of flying under the radar. They've had a game on... Um, primetime TV, but it was like storming. And even then, he he did well in that game. Now, the other guy I want to bring up is Tyler Boyd. All right. Now, Tyler Boyd right now, uh, 24 catches, 249 yards. The, the the crazy thing about Boyd is I think people, when they think of the, the, the Bengals, you know, you think of A.J. Green. Well, A.J. Green's been out, and this guy has stepped up. And, and it didn't just start this year. It started last year where he had 76 catches, 1,028 yards. Now, this is why sometimes you have to be patient with guys in their development, right? In the first two years, um, this is his fourth year now, but in the first two years, 
He had was it, 66 catches for 828 yards and three touchdowns. So his first two years were nothing special. The third year, it must have clicked. 76 catches, 1,028 yards, seven touchdowns. Got a lot of opportunities because A.J. Green was out. And, excuse me, he stepped up to the plate. And you see, just sometimes, you know, it takes one, two, three years for some of these guys to come into their own. Now, you see a guy like McLaurin, and it looks like right away he's kind of jumped in there and he's turning into the Redskins' number one guy, um, especially after a guy like Josh Dobson um, couldn't hack it there and they had to let him go. That was a wasted first-round draft pick. And, uh, yeah, so McLaurin looking good. Boyd looking good. 24 catches, 249 yards. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Boyd, for Boyd right now. No touchdowns. Did have a touchdown against the 49ers that got called back. Um, uh, he, he he looks like he's doing a tremendous job right now. Yeah, 24 catches in, in, in three games. That's an eight-yard, I mean, eight catches per game. Average, he's definitely on pace for over 1,000 yards. Um. Now, last thing I want to talk about before we go to our break and, and shout out to these sponsors, uh, Keenan Allen is playing like wide receiver one right now, and just, nobody's talking about it. All right, 29 catches, he leads the league in that. 404 yards, he leads the league in that. He also has three touchdowns. Um, he's 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 now he's he's definitely targeted more than anyone else, but he's kind of overshadowed by some of these other guys and I don't know why uh, maybe coming off an injury I mean he's been very consistent over really his career when he while he's been playing uh I mean yeah I don't I don't know but I just watched the game against uh the Lions and they had Darius Slay guarding Allen the entire game he, he followed him had over 10 targets and he looked good. First game against Indy, eight catches, 123 yards. Uh, against Detroit, eight catches, 98 yards. Uh, against Houston, 13 catches, 183 yards. And his longest catch was 34 yards. So it's not like he just had, like, one huge catch that, you know, because sometimes you'll see that, right? You'll see a guy have one catch for, you know, 75 yards, and then, you know, the rest of his catches are kind of, you know, short, but because he had that one big catch, it like boosts his yards. Like, no, this is, I'm just consistently killing you slowly over and over and over. 13 catches, 183 yards. I might have to look into that battle and kind of post that on the Twitter account. But um, I already posted the, the, the matchup between him and Slay. If you guys haven't seen it, go ahead and check that out at Press Cove Podcast. Um, just a tremendous player. Tremendous. And I, yeah, again, I, I, I don't think that. Keenan Allen is getting talked about enough. I, and I'm I'm kind of, I guess part of it is my fault. I did not have him in my top 10. And people were like, you left off Keenan Allen. And I'm like, man, my bad. Um, and I think the, I think you guys, on your guys' votes, I believe you guys had Keenan Allen. Let's see. Let me pull that up real quick. You guys had Keenan Allen. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. At number nine. So your 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 guys is, um, and when I say your guys, this is the people that voted on um, top ten receivers, top ten defensive backs. You had at ten Adam Thielen, nine Keenan Allen, eight Mike Evans, seven Tyreek Hill, six Devonte Adams, five Mike Thomas, four Antonio Brown, three Odell Beckham, two Julio Jones, and one DeAndre Hopkins. 
And one guy I mentioned there at number four, I mean, that, that dude's not even in the league right now. And I don't even know if Antonio Brown will ever play again. That, that situation is just, that situation is crazy. I don't think any of us. It, okay, and I, I said I was going to go into the uh, sponsors and, and read the ads, but real quick, did any of us see that coming to that extent to where Antonio Brown, who's arguably the best receiver in the NFL, is just no longer on the team? And what does that say about the Pittsburgh Steelers organization and Mike Tomlin as a head coach? Because I, I, I speak for most of us. We had no idea it was this bad. And I don't think that this just happened overnight in the last year. I think this guy has been like that. Ryan Clark alluded to it, saying, hey, don't pay that money to that guy or, or you know, it's going to be a he's going to be a nightmare. I mean, just to just I'm just in a loss of words and a loss of words, you know, just how that whole thing is kind of played out. And big ups to Mike Tomlin, because we we didn't know how bad it was with this guy. But obviously it's it's a very, very, very extreme situation. All right, guys, uh, at the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. We all do, right? I mean, ask my wife. Every Thursday, I'm glued to the TV. Every Mon uh, Sunday, don't ask me to do anything. I'm not leaving the couch. I'm watching all these games, right? So game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL. And there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you are betting is just as important as who are you betting on. So go to mybookie.ag. It is the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where you should play too. So, hey. I wouldn't be telling you guys if this wasn't something that I do. I, I bet weekly on these things. Make sure you guys use uh, the promo code BLUEWIRE, all right? You play, you win, you get paid. My bookie. And the next ad I want to read is about Harry's. All right, a few of us on this show use Harry's razors. I use Harry's razors. I'm bald-headed as hell. Um, I have this defensive back program called Croc Time University. And my, my, my uh, players that I train... They call it Bald Time University because I'm bald-headed. Anyways, um, so a few, a few of us use these Harry's razors. And if you visit the website, you can check out all the different shave sets and face products that Harry's has. Join the 10 men who have already tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Now, why try Harry's? Harry's? Harry's founders were two just regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. All right, they have durable blades at a very fair price, just $2 per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. This summer, refresh your wallet and your face with the Harry's Trial Set. It comes with a weighted uh, ergonomic handle for an easy grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shaving gel that will leave you smelling great, which is very important. And a travel blade cover to you know keep your razor dry and ease uh, easy to go on the go. So listeners of my show and in the other Blue Wire show, redeem your trial set at Harry's.com/slash Blue Wire. Make sure you go to Harry's.com 
slash blue wire to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you and support the show. All right, so let's get back to some of these topics I have right now. And I want you guys' opinion on this. I'll talk about it a little bit, but the correlation between the defenses, the best defenses and uh, in the league and their defensive backs, right? So you got the Patriots right now. You got the 49ers. Um, you have a team like the Bears. What correlation do does having the best defensive backs have when it comes to being the best defense? Is it pass rush? Is it DBs? Because I think PFF will tell you coverage coverage is it's better to have good coverage than it is to have a good pass rush. Now, me personally, I think they work hand in hand. And if you watch the 49ers, man, that pass rush is getting after it. They've they've uh they've invested a lot of capital into their defensive line. I think there's five first round picks on the defensive line alone. That's not even including, you know, guys that they have in the secondary and on the back end you have um Quan Alexander who's covering very well. But, you know, there are times where, you know, your defensive line is not always gonna get there. And you need guys that are sticky. I really I talk about I talk about it a lot. I don't know why more teams don't do what the Patriots do. And maybe they can't do what the Patriots do. Maybe they can't coach it up the way the, the Patriots coach it up. But, man, what the Patriots do with their match man stuff um, is it, just tremendous. And and I think I said it before, but I, I'll post some clips on just what I'm talking about. If you go back and you watch the Patriots Super Bowl against the Los Angeles Rams, it, it was just... It was a massacre with how, the, I mean, they just, I mean, Sean McVay, he's supposed to be one of those, you know, offensive innovators, leaders, just the, the leader of the new face, offensive coordinators, head coaches, really young, 31 years old, got the muscles, got the hot girlfriend, all that. Well, Bill Belichick said, hold my beer, and just shut that whole thing down, three points for the Rams, and it was how he did it. A lot of man, um, disguised blitz from man, has some guys peeling off and guarding this guy. I mean, golf was just completely just didn't know where the blitz was coming from, didn't know who was guarding who. It looks like man, but they're switching. What the hell is going on? I don't know what I'm, I'm just going to throw the ball here and there. I mean, there were so many opportunities for interceptions. I think Stephon Gilmore ended the, closed the game out pretty much with an interception where golf just threw it up into no man's land. So I, I think they, I think it's, you you need talent, but I think maybe the defense coordinators need a little bit more love with some of the things that they're doing. Now, the defensive coordinator for the Patriots last year was Brian Flores, and I, I, I think uh, talent does matter because if you look at the Miami Dolphins right now, they just stink. The Miami Dolphins stink. And it's really embarrassing what they've become. Just, I mean, it's one thing to tank, but Jesus. Uh, I'm just, yeah, that's terrible. Anyways, but um, the Bears, another team, you know, they, they've invested. They, they have uh, obviously a really good front that gets out after it. And then on the back end, they have guys that are just making plays. You have ha-ha Clint Dix. I think he had a pick six last game. Um, Eddie Jackson, it seems like he's scoring multiple touchdowns each year since he's been in the league. 
Um, you have Kendall Fuller. He's always making plays on the ball. Um, and then you have President Mukamura, who's just a you know a savvy veteran who plays opposite Fuller. Yeah, the you know I, I'd be interested to hear your guys' thoughts on what you guys think. What you guys think are you know what's more important, pass coverage, pass rush, and how does that correlate to some of these top defenses in the league? Now, uh, let's see here. Who, the the next topic I want to talk about. Who benefits more from who? All right. So you got the wide receiver one or the running back. So there there are a few examples of this. All right. There's one example of a team that doesn't really have a wide receiver one or even a RB one, and that's the 49ers. They are a run-heavy play-action team. Um, they run first, run first, run first, and then off of that run action, they'll, they'll do the whole big uh, bootleg and – just have all the time in the world to hit guys downfield. Um, other teams, there's a team that does not have a run game, right, whatsoever, and that's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But you have a guy like Mike Evans who had, I mean, Mike Evans just did something in, in, in incredible last game where he had like a hundred and a uh, hundred and forty yards at halftime, three touchdowns. He ended the game with eight catches, 190 yards, um, and three touchdowns. And y'all know Mike Evans is my guy. I've been kind of pounding the table for him, being a top five receiver. Yeah, eight catches, 190 yards, uh, three touchdowns. Well, he's their wide receiver one. He has no help from running backs, and he still uh, was able to, you know, muster up 190 receiving yards in one game. And then you have the Dallas Cowboys, who they're, they run heavy. Uh, you know, they give the ball to Zeke. He's arguably the best re- uh, running back in the league. Uh, he held out for a while, but he picked right back up, and he already has over you know ten yard, ten, ten plus uh, yard runs. He's leading the league in that. He's actually leading the league since he came into the league in 2016. I, I saw that stat. So you have Zeke, who does he open it up for Amari Cooper? Does Amari Cooper open it up for him? Um, I, I think it works hand in hand, but I actually think that the wide receiver one helps the run game a little more. At least it should. Um, in the Cowboys situation, obviously they have an offensive line that has been playing together for a long time, and 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 they work well together. But guys were starting to load the box on Dallas, um, especially after they lost Des Bryant, and that's when they were losing. Remember, I said earlier in this podcast that at one point last year they were three and five. Well, it wasn't until they got Martin Cooper where things started to open up for them. And now you see, you know, now they have to respect Amari Cooper out in the open field, and they also have to respect. The running game with Ezekiel Elliott, who's arguably the best in the league. So, who helps who more? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I think Amari Cooper helps Zeke more. Now, even though Zeke was Zeke, Amari Cooper even showed up. But but Amari Cooper makes it so you cannot load the box on Zeke. I, I think Zeke was getting off whether the teams loaded the box or not. But now, he has... Uh, you know, a lot uh, bigger openings for runs. You can't put as many guys in the box because if you do, then Amari Cooper will make you pay, which we saw last week against uh, the Miami Dolphins. Who, again, they they just stink. But um, man, that that's a that's a tough one. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I I think I think the number, the wide receiver one having that threat out there and somebody that can score from anywhere on the field helps the run game more than the run game helps that receiver.
All right. And now, uh, let's see, Jimmy Garoppolo and his comparison. Now, I know this is more of a wide receiver, defensive back, tailored um, uh, podcast, but um, this is a hot topic going around the league. I think every time I look, I woke up this morning, I checked Twitter, and I see just some kind of stat between Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins and how their stats are comparable. And it's like, man, those they're not even close to being the same guy. So I was on 95-7 the game, and um, and uh, they asked me about Jimmy Garoppolo and kind of what I think about him. And here, here's what I think, and this is who I think Jimmy Garoppolo is. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is Tony Romo. Now, the thing that people aren't kind of keeping in perspective is Jimmy Garoppolo has only started, what, 13 games? And I think out of those 13 starts, he's 11 and two. Now with the 49ers, he's nine and two. Um, in the out of eleven starts with Kyle Shanahan. This dude, he he I think people expected like, well, he I was talking to uh one one 49er fan, and it's like, well, he he sat behind Tom Brady. He should be just like Tom Brady. That's what everybody's expecting. And it's like, yeah, it, it's one thing though to drive the car, and it's another thing to kind of sit passenger. Seat, right, so I can sit in the passenger seat with Dale Earnhardt. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to drive like him, at least not right away. Right, I can shadow him, I can look, I can see. Okay, this is how Dale Earnhardt does this and that. And okay, I see how he does this. I'm taking notes. I'm I'm learning from the best. But eventually, I have to go out there and do it myself. And in that time of just going out there and doing it myself, there are going to be mistakes. They're going to be rookie mistakes because essentially I have not played. And Jimmy Garoppolo had not really played many games, especially anything meaningful. He played, he started two games for the Patriots while Brady was out um, with the suspension, and he got hurt in that second game. Now, he played terrific, won both games, but he was hurt. Um, came to the 49ers, won five games right away. Uh, the expectations for him went up, but at the end of the day, to that point, he had only started seven games and earned a lot of money. And I think his contract um, is the reason that people talk about him the way they do or that why they have the expectations for him. For me, I just want to see him continue to grow. But I will say one thing, and just like I started off with right now, he reminds me a lot of Tony Romo. Now, Tony Romo, it took him a lot, a lot longer to kind of get to the point where he uh, is was Tony Romo, right? The Tony Romo we saw taking the Cowboys to the playoffs and, you know, winning the playoff game and, um, throwing the ball around and trusting Des Bryant on 50-50 balls and making Des Bryant who he was, right? Who was a tremendous athlete, but I think the way that Tony Romo played helped him even more. He's a gunslinger. And I think with gunslingers, they're going to be gunslingers until they learn how to, and they're still going to be gunslingers. I don't think you want to take that mentality away, but they have to learn how to play within the offense and know when to kind of make those throws and when they can or can't, right? So think of Jimmy Garoppolo. He tried to make some tight throws early in the game through two interceptions, both off of receivers' hands. But one, it was like, uh, maybe you didn't have to throw that. Maybe you should have taken the sack. Um, poor decision making at times. Yeah, I've seen that. But the same reason why he will attempt throws like that are the same reasons why he will attempt throws like what he did on the game winning touchdown to beat the Steelers. And if you look at that play, he threw it in between two defenders 
um, with, you know, right to Dante Pettis. I mean, he zipped it in there. And I think that's a throw that if you're not a gunslinger, you don't attempt that throw. So I don't think that you want to take away from his mentality and how he plays. I think you just want to see him limit the mistakes and continue to grow but still keep that same mentality. At the end of the day, he completed, what, 77% of his passes that game, uh, threw for 277 yards, threw that game-winning touchdown, 49ers improved to 3-0. But you, 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 you can't change that mentality. Same thing with a defensive back, right? I want I want that cocky, trash-talking defensive back. I, I want that guy that isn't scared. And even when he 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 gets beat, he's still talking. I need that confidence. I need that guy that's not afraid to guard somebody's best receiver. And, you know, I, I talked about this the the thread I did on Darius Slay and Keenan Allen. Well, Slay's getting beat. Left and, I mean, just getting beat. They call it multiple holding, holding uh, penalties on him. Um, he's giving up catches. He's giving up, uh, you know, pass interferences. Move the ball to the one-yard line. But at the end of the day, he still followed Keenan Allen around. And when it came down to it, end of the game, they threw the ball into the end zone uh, to Keenan Allen. And guess who made the damn play? You guessed it. Darius Slay. Interception to win the game, close it out. So, like Garoppolo, gunslinger, reminds me of Tony Romo. I think that's kind of his upside. Um, Tony Romo was a guy who maybe wasn't ever going to be the best quarterback in the league, but he was going to be a guy that he's going to win you games. He's going to keep you in games. And Tony Romo has this uh, stigma on him for not being clutch, but I'll say this. I, I, I'd go out on a limb and say throughout Tony Romo's career, he probably had the most come from behind wins in the NFL. Now, to get to that point, you had to deal with some tough losses, right? Some some bad interceptions on on games that were going to get them into the playoffs. I, I think one year it was the Ravens. Another year it was the Redskins where he threw games away. And the Cowboys had to deal with that. But throughout that time, he progressed and he became a very good quarterback. Maybe not top five, but definitely top ten. And I think that's something you can win with. All right, well, that's going to be it on this episode of the Press Coverage Podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe, rate, review. Um, I'll have a breakdown on the Cleveland Browns, Odell Beckham against the L.A. Rams defense. I was trying to record it, but, man, that Aaron Donald, man, he just kept disrupting everything. But I'll get into that on the um, Press Coverage Podcast Twitter account. Make sure you guys follow that at Press Cup Podcast. Um, make sure you guys follow my main account at Eric underscore Crocker. Check right in here next week on the Press Coverage Podcast.